0: Good morning. Good morning. This is the day the Lord has made. You, Be glad, happy Mother's Day. Well, happy Mother's Day. Happy Mother's day. Thank you very much. <laughs> and uh, at this time, I would like to invite Chris Solto uh, to present our mission
1: moment for this morning. Happy Mother's Day? Uh, Today, we celebrate mothers, our moms, both alive in body and alive in our hearts, and we also celebrate mothers around the world and honor their love, compassion, care, their instruction, and enormous time and effort. We celebrate mothers around the world who want the same for their children as we do in our own community, a safe home, adequate food, healthy environment, health care, a good education, and the opportunity to grow into the person they imagine themselves to be. To have a good career, family, friends, a good life. This slide clearly shows not all mothers can give these to their children, especially the mothers of Syrian refugees. Their homes are gone. Much of the cities are gone, hospitals gone, schools gone, nothing to return to. Over 3 million live in temporary camps in Turkey, Lebanon, and Jordan. I use temporary loosely as many last for years or decades. Getting by on UN food ration cards, cobbling odd jobs in the camp, and for a lucky group, getting relatives money. The future is bleak, and what kind of future is there? What kind can they provide to their children? Whoops. So as God commanded us to love our neighbor, and Jesus told us to welcome the stranger, we know peace begins with us. Westlake Methodist has stepped forward, has tossed its pebble into the body of water whose ultimate effects we may not see, but we are reaching out to a mother, a mother and her family living in one of these camps to bring them to our great country and a new life, hope, new opportunities, and hopefully many, many very happy Mother's Days. When I spoke before a few weeks ago, I asked members if they want, who wanted to join our welcoming or organizing team for co-sponsoring a Syrian refugee family and to, to participate in some way. We are excited that both Paul Geiberson and Nancy Moravec have both joined our welcoming team and many more have expressed their desire to be a part of this journey in some capacity. We are co-sponsoring this family through the Immigration Refugee Service in Los Angeles and are currently on their waiting list for a family. In fact, four members of our welcoming team will be going down there this week for a, a two-day training. And we at Westlake Methodist are not alone. Our organizing team draws from Thousand Oaks Methodist Church, Park Methodist, Malibu Methodist, St. Jude's, and the Sisters of Notre Dame. And others from other faiths and congregations have offered to help, including individuals from the Islamic Center of the Conejo and representatives of the Mormon faith. And we look forward to that day when Boyd Donovan, who volunteered to drive the church bus down to LAX with many of us on board to greet this mother and father and their family and take them back to their new home, which we will have supplied with furnishings and initial food, and of course, our love and support. But first we must prepare, we must be ready, and while ultimately we will need in-kind donations and definitely some type of storage facility, today our mission moment is for us to start on a very important fund. This is the fund that will supplement the loans, grants, and earnings of the family on their road to self-sufficiency. It will help supplement where needed for items such as rent, food, utilities, for the approximately six-month period we are told to prepare for. Our interfaith group has been advised by the refugee agency to set a goal of raising $7,000 amongst us to start. So there are mission envelopes in your pews, and we hope you can be generous at whatever level is in your particular circumstance. I also invite you to come next Sunday noon to a more detailed overview, including a PowerPoint presentation on the Syrian refugee crisis, what we are doing, and the many other ways you can participate, and an opportunity, while being served light refreshments, as Methodists we always need to have uh, food available, an opportunity to ask questions of the welcoming team. This will be next Sunday after the 10.30 service in Alton Hall. So thank you, and may God bless this journey and mothers everywhere. Thank you.
2: Sunshine Choir would like to honor their mothers today by introducing them to you. All right, Sarah and Katie.
3: <coughs> this is my mother, Amy Comparato. <laughs> this is my mother, Amy Comparato. This is my mother, Shanaki Stanislaus.
2: Aiden's mother was here at nine o'clock, and she works at a retirement center, and this is a really big day for them. So she's not here now, but I honor Aiden. He's been a member of my choir for two years, and he does a beautiful job.
3: This is my mother, Allison Boring. This is my mother, mind.
2: (laughs) Aren't they wonderful? Aren't you wonderful?
0: And Lois, Lois Jackson, Lois Jackson, Lois? Lois? Come down here just a minute here, Lois. Lois, I know you got these kids to take. I was to... Being quiet. <laughs> well, we decide not to be because I understand that tomorrow's your birthday.
2: Amen.
0: Okay, so let's sing happy birthday to Lois. Happy
3: birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, you. Happy birthday dear Lois.
0: You know, one day Lois is going to have to break out of that shell. (laughs) Let's stand as we join together in our hymn of celebration number 710. We're going to change this one just a bit to honor our mothers, so we're going to sing Faith of Our Mothers.
3: special and it's uh, devoted to all the moms out there.
4: continue with a spirit and an attitude of prayer as we join in our prayer hymn 245 from the faith we sing the black book, uh, I've got peace like a river. family and a friendship we truly celebrate for the peace the joy and the love that fills our hearts and our lives through your Holy Spirit that continues to move and transform within us that we are called as your community to continue to reach out we give you thanks for the peace that passes all understanding for the joy that bubbles up for the love that helps us to understand you God And as we lift up our joys, we give thanks for the gift of mothers today, for those in our lives and for those who've gone before us in faith that we don't get to see or to tell, that we love them and that we give you thanks. And God, we thank you for the gift of forgiveness for broken relationships that might be healed through you we give you thanks for the gift of family and of community that we might come together to lift our prayers and our praise and song, to lift our voices and our hearts in thanksgiving before you. Glorious God, as we lift up our joys, we too lift up the things that weigh upon our hearts and in our lives, the burdens we bear, the anxieties we face, the sins that we have committed against you and one another. And we present them before you asking for your grace and your mercy. For your presence in our lives that we might learn to take one step at a time. Glorious God, on this day as we come before you, may we feel your awesome spirit and your presence in this place. May we come to you but for a moment of silence, to be still, to take a breath, to wait upon you. We come in silence. glorious God we lift our prayers to you we give you thanks and praise that we might pray with and for one another but in our prayers may we too lift up those in this community those around the world who are hurting who are struggling to make ends meet those who live with the threat and reality of war those who seem to have mountains too large to climb God we pray for the leaders, we pray for the outcast, we pray for the stranger, and we pray for our enemies, that your hand and your blessings will flow. And in our prayers, may we too ever pray the prayer that your son Jesus Christ our Savior taught, that together we too may lift our voice in prayer. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Rings. of your church. Through this community and around this world, through Jesus Christ our Savior we pray. Amen.
2: Listen and receive a reading from the Word of God.
0: Create in us a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within us according to your grace and mercy.
2: May we affirm our faith with joy and a willing spirit as we hear the scripture from 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verses 14 through 20. For the love of Christ urges us on because we are convinced that one has died for all, therefore all have died. <clears throat> and he died for all, so that those who, might, who, lie, who live might live no longer for themselves, but for him who died and was raised for them. From now on, therefore, we regard no one from a human point of view, even though we once knew Christ from a human point of view. We know him no longer in that way. So if anyone is in Christ, there is a new creation. Everything old has passed away. See? Everything has become new. All this is from God, who reconciled us to himself through Christ, and has given us the ministry of reconciliation. That is, in Christ, God was reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses against them and entrusting the message of reconciliation to us. So we are ambassadors for Christ, since God is making his appeal through us. We entreat you on behalf of Christ. Be reconciled to God. This is God's word for God's people.
0: Thanks be unto God. May we pray. Eternal God, we give you thanks for the reading of the word. And in this word today, may we hear your voice. A voice spoken to our hearts and to our souls by the word that gives power and that this power of the word today may not find itself given futilely, but as good seed that finds its way to good earth, digs forth, deeps roots and brings forth harvest, may now this the seed of the word of God, dig deeply into the soil of our souls and bring to us a harvest unto everlasting life through Jesus Christ, who is the living word of God and in whose name. We pray. Amen. On this Mother's Day, I wanted to look with you at how we make peace with our past. All of us face our past every single day that we live. There are things that we're proud of, and there are things that we are ashamed of. There are things that we are pleased with, and there are things for which we hold regrets. There are things that we have succeeded at, and there are things that we have failed at. Today, I'd like to share with you about how we deal with those issues in our lives, and most importantly, in our memories. And I think this is a grand day, this Mother's Day, to take the time to do this, for we all have memories of our mothers. And right now, I would like to take a moment to give recognition to all of our mothers here today, and I'd just like to ask our mothers to please stand. God bless you and and thank you for being here. And in having recognized our mothers, I am reminded of words of wisdom that my mother taught me that uh, realize today that make me a part of who I am and remind us that our mothers in many different ways are still with us. And remember that every one of these things our mothers told us, we then turned around and told our children too, didn't we? I was talking to someone just this last week about the fact there comes a time in your life when you look in the mirror And you say, there is my parent. (laughs) And then we start using all the things we said we would never do with our own children. But my mother taught me some important lessons. My mother taught me the lesson to appreciate a job well done. My mom always said, if you're going to kill each other, do it outside. I just finished cleaning. (laughs) My mother taught me religion. You better pray that will come out of the carpet. My mother taught me about time travel. If you don't straighten up, I'm going to knock you into the middle of next week. My mother taught me logic, because I said so, that's why. My mother taught me about irony. You keep laughing, I'll give you something to cry about. My mother taught me about the science of osmosis. Shut your mouth and eat your supper. My mother taught me about contortionism. Will you look at the dirt on the back of your neck? (laughs) My mother taught me about stamina and believe me, this was a lesson she never won. You're gonna sit there till all that broccoli is gone. (laughs) My mother taught me about the weather. It looks like a tornado has gone through your room. My mother taught me about hypocrisy. I've told you once, I've told you a million times, don't exaggerate. (laughs) My mother taught me about the circle of life. I brought you into it, and I can sure as heck take you out of it. (laughs) My mother taught me about behavior modification. Stop acting like your father. My mother taught me about genetics. When you get older and have kids, I hope you have one just like you. (laughs) My mother taught me about envy. She told me there are millions of less fortunate children in this world who don't have wonderful parents like yours. All I can say is, Mom, thanks for the memories and thanks for the words of wisdom because I've lived by a lot of them. Well, all of those are some rather cute ways of looking into our past, but don't you wish it was that simple? Don't you wish that one phrase, one saying would get you out of all the situations of past things that we look back at and wonder in our lives uh, about those things? It would be great to be that uncomplicated in life. But isn't it interesting how our past can catch up with this? How many of you have run into that person that you knew in elementary or junior high or, or high school, they call them all different names, now I can't remember what the new names are, and in front of everybody else, uh, after you have graduated from college, reminds you that your name is school was Doofus. <laughs> it took us years to get away from that name, and yet they bring it back up again, and then of course everybody calls us that again. And at the time, we took those things pretty seriously, and sometimes it took years for us to finally shed our past so that we can move on from them. But we hold within us, nevertheless, old disappointments and tensions and anxiety and happiness, depression, and so many of the if-onlys I had done otherwise in life. Goodness, how many regrets we hold in our lives about opportunities missed, golden moments squandered, and chances of a lifetime set aside. It is so easy, though, to waste our lives, our days, our hours, and even our minutes looking back to our past. And as we look back to our past, we find it so hard for us to be able to forget, and so often so hard to forgive ourselves or others. And so there are four things I want us to remember today when we talk about our past. First, I want you to remember that there are many things in life that are never finished. If only we would truly understand and believe and act on that, we would be saved by something called grace. You see, we can look at our past and we can see places where we didn't complete the things we thought we were. Some of the things we will never be able to finish because there's no way of going back and and correcting the things that happened. I've discovered the older I get that life is more like a journey than it is a destination. We're all looking for the next destination instead of enjoying the journey along to it. I've discovered, having just come back from Italy, that a great deal of the enjoyment of that trip was making the planning, thinking of the itinerary, looking at the places we would stay, the things that we were doing. When we got there, it was even more exciting because all of those things came to pass. And we discovered that planning the trip was just as important as going on the trip. And it wasn't so much the destination that we made it, but it was the planning and the enjoyment we had while we were there. And so it is with life. You see, our lives are not judged by if we complete everything, but rather that we try as best as we could in the things that we put our hands to in life. We can make peace with our past when we understand that we're not in competition with one another in this journey of life, but we're just trying to do what God has asked us to do. You see, we spend far too much time in life comparing ourselves to others, and we spend far too much time in our lives Thinking about what others think about us. I can guarantee you this. You can go through your entire life thinking about what others are thinking about you and the day that they take you to your grave, you're going to discover that hardly anybody was watching you, you thought, and it didn't matter anyway. I like the saying that says, remember, work like you don't need the money, love like you've never been hurt, and dance like nobody is watching. Who cares what other people think if you're doing it? in God's way for yourself. Second, remember that no one in life is perfect, including yourself. Perfectionism in life is a killer of the best in life for the urgent in life. Now, this is coming from a person who is a compulsive neurotic and a retentive type A personality (laughs) pretty much in everything that I do. But I rarely ever apply those standards of what I think is perfection to anyone else. And I do not judge anybody else by them. But you see, when you don't expect everyone to be the same way that you are, you can allow yourself to be who you are and allow them to be where they are. Stop comparing yourself with others and asking if they accept you. For what you are, just accept yourself for who you are. I cannot tell you how many times people have told me about the regrets of their lives, and if they had only been willing to understand that no one really expects perfection in life, they would have been freed to really be happy. I sometimes want to tell people, <laughs> get a life. Get a real life. Get a life filled with joy. Get a life filled with Laughter. Get a life filled with fun. Get a life filled with friends and family and and those you care about. Get a life that's based and fulfilled by the best things in life. Third, remember that God is not finished with you yet. God has a way to go on every one of us. It's just like when we were teenagers. Can you remember back that far? (laughs) Uh, Isn't it amazing at 20 years of age that we knew it all? Wow, I can remember those days. I can remember when I graduated from seminary, I had it all down. <clears throat> Five years later, I had some questions. Ten years later, I had more questions. At this stage of my life, I don't even know what the questions are anymore. <laughs> <laughs> but I do know the answer. And it's found in a faithful walk with Jesus Christ. Amen. It's like when I'm at a wedding and I... Is Nick here? Nick, you here? What? Just did his his. his, his you know here, right? Hey Nick, your, come over here, Nick. <laughs> how long have you been married now, Nick? One place,
3: one
0: yeah. How how long ago did you and uh your, your wedding? Uh, March April two and a half months. Ago. Two and a half months ago. So I, I here's Nick. A very very serious time in the middle of the ceremony, and uh, during the vows, and I say that uh, I want you to know, Nick, as I look to him, that a man is never complete until he's married, and then he's finished. okay get out of here (laughs) and everybody like you laugh because of the fact they know it's not true (laughs) you're never finished in life it's step by step every day to become ever more what God wants you to be because that's the way that life is so take a look at today and to the future because God is not finished with you yet. I remember a story, I have shared the prayer with you before, it's a story about Gert Bahana. Gert Bahana died about 20 years ago. She became a millionaire through the illegal uh, um, alcohol during the depression, became a millionaire. Uh, she didn't live a very good life, she had lots of money. Uh, friends that came because she had money and she was also an alcoholic. One day, feeling depressed, she went to a hotel room. And the hotel room was in take her life. And she opened the side drawer beside the bedstand and pulled the drawer open. Guess what she found? Gideon's Bible. People always say, why bother putting Gideon Bibles in hotel rooms? She pulled the Bible out and she opened it up and she happened to come to the Gospel of John 3.16. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish, but should have everlasting life. And that moment, she found God, accepted Jesus Christ as her Lord and Savior, and her life was changed. Her prayer, after having lived a life of regrets, a life of the worst, a life of the, of the dregs of everything that most of us would have nothing to do about, this was her prayer, Oh God, Though I am not what I'm going to be, I want to thank you that I'm not what I used to be. And she moved on in her life. God creates in us something new every day. Let your past go and become what God wants you now. Remember then, fourthly, That God can set you free to a new way of living. This is the meaning of our scripture passage today from St. Paul who tells us, from now on therefore, if anyone is in Christ, they are a new creation. The old has passed away and God wants to do something new in each of us. You see, you don't have to, you don't need to, stay the same When Christ comes into our life, we're open to new possibilities because Christ gives us the strength to do so. God never leaves us where he found us, though God always accepts us exactly where we're found. We have a journey to go forward in the walk of faith. When it comes down to it, if we would make peace with our past, We must understand why it is so important, not about our past, but about our today, that would determine our future and our tomorrows. And I have a couple of quick questions I want to ask you this morning. You can just kind of mentally answer them in your minds as I ask them, because they really tell us about what is important in life. First, can you name me the five wealthiest persons in the world? Can you name the last five Heisman Trophy winners? Can you name the last five winners of the Miss America pageant? Can you name 10 people who have won the Nobel or the Pulitzer Prize? A couple of you can. Can you name the last half dozen Academy Award winners for Best Actor and Actress? Now, these aren't schleps. These are people who are tops in their field. But you know, the applause dies, the awards tarnish, the accolades and certificates are buried with their owners. I think there's something more in life. Now, here's another quiz. Five questions, see if you can answer these. Can you name a teacher who aided your journey through school? Can you name three friends who have helped you through a difficult time? Can you name five people who have taught you something worthwhile? Can you think of a few people who have made you feel appreciated and special? Can you think of five people that you enjoy spending your time with? Have some answers? Sure. Every one of us does because you see it's not how much money you make, it's not how many degrees you have, it's not how many recognitions you've gotten in life, it's not how many awards that you can put on the wall, it's have you made a difference in the life of someone else that tells you whether this moment is going to lead to God's future. And that is why every one of us needs to make a difference right now In this moment which we're living, the life of someone else that they can say about us when we ask those questions, yes, I know who that was, and it was you who made a difference in my life and a difference in my living. Now that's my sermon, but I have a postscript. Today, I want to say on this Mother's Day if your mother is still with you, make sure you give her a call today. Make sure that you take her to dinner bring her some flowers, and tell her, I love you. She is probably one of the top most important people in your life who made the most difference. And I know my mother was. And the only regret I have in my life is that I cannot tell her in person today that I love her. In yesterday's Ventura Star was an article written by Woody Woodburn whom I met recently when Dr. Steve Ames of our congregation invited him to share our men's breakfast meeting on Fridays. And he told about his association with the great coach of UCLA basketball, John Wooden. In his commentary yesterday, Woody wrote this, the final Mother's Day gift I gave my mom 24 years ago, it is difficult to believe it has been that long was a bouquet of real flowers. More importantly, I delivered them in person with a hug. She probably would have preferred a single rose and a bouquet of hugs. And I know this. If I had a million dollars This very moment, I would give it all away to have one last chance to hug my mom and to tell her, I love you. So I'm going to say thank you, moms. On behalf of my mom, I want to say, I love you all. We're glad you're here with us today. God bless each one of you. Let's pray. Eternal God, we give you thanks for your presence here and by your love. We we thank you for these angels that you put on earth. We call them moms. We know you couldn't be everywhere, but they are. So thank you for them being with us, for strengthening us when we need it, for guiding us when. We had to be guided to support us and to love us in so many ways and to have patience and and to love. We thank you for them. And if they are here, thank you. If they're in our hearts, thank you. If they're far away, thank you. They've all made a difference. Bless their memories to us today. And this we pray through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. I invite you to stand as we join together in our hymn of dedication, number 445 Happy the Home When God Is There.
4: the joy to go forth holding one another's hand, to continue to walk daily in relationship with one another. May we go forth today to share that relationship and to share that love with those we meet. Now go in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit to love and to serve and to take one another's hand from this day forward. Amen. Amen.